What's going on guys? My name is Elden Hero and welcome to another episode of The Midnight Hour. I'm joined today by usual co-host Jack. Oh wait, no I'm not. Jack has been controversially suspended from the show for failing a drugs test. Uh, we did a mandatory drugs test at the Midnight Hour HQ. I passed with flying colours apart from all of the traces of methamphetamine in my system, but we allow those in the podcast. And in fact, they're encouraged. But um... It turned out that Jack was using performance-enhancing drugs, which, to do a podcast, I don't even know what that is. But he failed the drugs test, and now he's suspended from the show and has to live with himself. So anyways, uh, the episode you're about to listen to is me and Luce Moore. Um, He's a good friend of mine, and we discuss the nature of hype, how hype can ruin things, how hype can get you um, in the right frame of mind to watch a thing, you know, stuff like that. It's mostly just me and Luce Moore talking about movies and music, but I mean... Without those two topics, what would this podcast even be, I ask you? Probably nothing is what you should be saying to yourself right now. Uh, This episode straight up is sponsored by Bucket Rocket Design. Um, It's not a sponsorship in the sense that the guy who runs this website has paid me money for it. uh, Because he hasn't. He's a friend of mine. His name is Simon. And he's fucking awesome at designing stuff. So if you need anything done for your own website, your own podcast... Your like Twitter icon, anything, uh, hit him up at facebook.com forward slash bucket rocket design. That's B U C K E T, if anyone is confused about my accent um, and the way that I'm pronouncing it. But you may notice that something is different in the thumbnail, and that is the new Midnight Hour design. I know you guys all hate change, and change is this terrible thing, but the fucking logo is incredible. Like, just look at it, for fuck's sake. It's ridiculous. Um, so that's what we're going to be coming into in all future episodes from here on out, of which there will be one before we disappear for another year. Uh, for real, though, I am actually having difficulty um, finding guests for the show at the moment. It's sort of, I guess, uh, with me having a busy schedule with work and like a full-time job and all that stuff I just don't really have the time to network quite like I used to so if you guys have any people in mind that you would like to be on the show feel free to leave a comment and uh, I will address it at a later date and never get back to you and never have that person on the show for real though if you could just go on to Bucket Rocket Designs Facebook page and leave them a like I would really, really, really appreciate it. The quality of the images are just, like, really, really, really good. And they deserve way more than 89 likes on that uh, Facebook page. So go there and leave a like. You may never intend to actually get any images made for yourself. But if you like it, someone you know might see it and they might be like, oh... I need an image for my new porn website that I was thinking of making involving goats and such. And then, you know... Bucket Rocket Design might come out with the big guns and actually make them some nice designs for their website. You never know. But just fucking leave a like on it. I'd really appreciate it. If this episode happens to be on iTunes on the off chance that I figured that out, go and leave a like on it there. But it almost certainly is not because I just cannot wrap my head around that. You have to be like a fucking astronaut who works for NASA to figure out how to work iTunes. That's a weird reference to a Twitter account that makes that kind of joke all the time. So I don't think many of you will get that. Something else I forgot to add, Uh, I've had to do this intro three times now because there's so many things that have happened since the last time, guys. Um, Some amazing soul has gone and made a subreddit for the Midnight Hour. Now, I don't really know what that means anyway because I don't use Reddit, but I do have a Reddit account and it's just reddit.com forward slash r forward slash midnight hour. 
Um, and if you guys want to discuss the podcast, I think you should go there. If you have a Reddit account, all the better. Um, but I would really like to read the stuff that you have to say about the show over there. And it seems like a better place to uh, to get everyone together because there's people who listen on SoundCloud. There's people who listen on YouTube. There's people who listen to it like they download it from their phone and listen to it on their phone. And then there's other people who listen to it through like a telepathic sort of audio wave, uh, which is freaky as hell. Um, but anyway, go to the Reddit link. I will leave it in the description of both SoundCloud and YouTube. And if you are one of the telepathic freaks, I will beam it into your brain. I think that's all I had to say on that. Just It's it's just really cool. I, I was really surprised when I saw it, and I think it's awesome. There's only, like, fucking ten posts on the whole thing overall. But still, just, just go there. Uh, bring it some activity. Uh, say things about me, nice things, uh, so that I can read them. But anyway, goddammit, a license to ramble is so fucking dangerous in my hands. We're gonna start the episode now. You're about to hear the importance of being idle by Oasis. And it's gonna be a live version because I'm hoping to avoid copyright infringement on this episode. Uh, however unlikely that may be at the moment. Um, if you don't like Oasis, it's relevant to the episode, alright? They, they have an album called Don't Believe the Truth. This is called Don't Believe the Hype. We talk about Oasis at some point during it. Just enjoy the fucking song and stop being a bitter nerd. <laughs> started spending my weekends in lately oh yeah which is great uh it's a great money saver um and it's a great way to stay in shape no i i i really agree uh i don't go anywhere anyway just because i'm i really prefer like sort of like indoor oxygen if that's a thing yes um, it's outdoor, called carbon monoxide <laughs> outdoor oxygen is overrated for me you mm. your um your skype says that you're still in miami by the way I don't know why it would. So for a man saying he doesn't go anywhere. I does it? can't help but feel like that's a lot. Yeah, it does. Uh, Loose more. Miami. The um, time is 21.05, which is the same time as it is here. So that's interesting. So today we're talking about things that we're excited about. And I guess the undercurrent or the theme of the episode will just be the nature of hype itself. Because uh, mm. hype is a very powerful thing. I find it drives 
a lot of my general happiness relates specifically to what albums are coming out or what movies are coming out or whatever or what trailers I've just seen and uh, I get very hyped um, sometimes the hype is just not worth the wait at all and I, I find that most of the time the real happiness is being excited for something or the real happiness is the idea of something rather wait, than it, yeah, yeah, yeah. The it's action. the idea of something that you like nostalgia wise you look forward to because of other things and but then that's the whole point of the advertisement campaign behind those things is yeah. to get you hyped for the thing I mean regardless most things I think we're both interested in we'd be hyped for whether or not they were advertised well or not, I guess. Yeah, I think Star Wars is probably the only thing where the hype lives up to the hype, or, like, the product lives up to the hype, because, like, I don't know, like, I was gonna... I'll, I'll start out by asking what is the thing that you were super hyped for and let down by? Uh, I mean, most recently, Batman vs. Superman. Right. Um, because it was, I was so looking forward to it for ages, uh, where they released the first, like, trailer... And he was like in the like the suit, and he was like, "Do you bleed?" or whatever he said. And like <laughs> Superman looked at him like, "No, like oh, <laughs> I, I don't." He's <laughs> just like sort of like, "No, little man, leave uh, me alone." Yeah. God damn it, Bruce! I'm with my friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah, come on, man. Uh, and then they just started talking about their mothers and stuff, didn't they? Uh, but that that whole like, it, I defend it weirdly in like a, but it's got so many cool things, and there's this bit and that bit, but it really wasn't very good, was it? Really? One of one of one of like the main things in history, uh, well, in the history of my lifetime, one of the main things that failed to live up to the hype was Oasis's third album, "Be Here Now," and I will defend that more so, probably more aggressively than you defend Batman vs Superman, because yeah, like it's it it is everything that Batman vs Superman is in the sense that it's bloated, it feels almost unnecessarily large and wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Yeah, like, it might as well yeah. have just... But it has all the things that make what you love good. Like, it has Noel, it has Liam, it has guitars, it has all the things that, like, the re- ingredients are there to make something amazing, but then it's just... Why? What What did you think of Man of Steel? I love Man of Steel. Like, I re- like I, people don't like it, but I thought it was... I thought it was a really good reintroduction into Superman. Like, people did think it was, like... Uh, the final part was like oh, another one of those like he destroys the planet like Transformers yeah, kind of I, not nonsense I just but know. um, he, most of the movie I really loved like I thought it was a good, yeah I mean I love the character of Superman the fact that he's an alien uh, like the moral side of it and everything uh, like a lot of people don't like Superman because he's this like he's the one superhero with all the powers just He's the first superhero, and yet he's the one that they just said, like, he's just going to have all the powers. Yeah, he's peak superhero, and he's superhero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I don't like that, to be honest. Um, but I, I, I will say, um, we should probably save this part for a little bit later on, because what I have to talk about being disappointed by the hype of is just not related to superheroes at all. <laughs> right. Although I guess Kanye West is the superhero, is the Superman of rap music. He's the superhero we deserve. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I I was recently let down by Drake's Views album because I really psyched myself up for it, and he made this mixtape called "If You're Reading This, It's Too Late," um, which was really good, and it had lots of like neat little samples and and little. There's a song on there called "Jungle," which is not like anything. Drake had done previously, and it was very, um, 
I, I just soothing in a really nice way. It's just a really nice song to listen to. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of like little elements of like sort of uh, I, I don't really know sort of like Jamaican accents and stuff. And Drake has this huge obsession with sort of Caribbean voices and stuff. Mm. And so I thought that Views, which was originally titled Views from the Six, which was supposed to be about things he learned growing up in Canada. So I was expecting a really like diverse album about where he gets all his influences from and like what it was like for him growing up. And instead, I just got another Drake album, which yeah. is a sort of a, a bloated uh, album that's too long, has some great, great songs on it. And then just lots of filler and him saying things that's on his mind. And I thought, if you're reading this was too late, or sorry, if you're reading this, it's too late was an album about him talking about things that are on his mind. Uh, and he's so famous that it's interesting to hear it regardless of what it is. Mm. I just think Views was an extension of that that we didn't need. I think the album that we should have gotten was a much more diverse album. And he was making all these tracks where, like, it was just him rapping, and that was it. There was no hook or anything. Like, these songs had no chorus. The hook was just all the verses, because, like, he was that good. He was on that level of form. And there yeah. was nothing like that on Views. There's nothing... Like, he, he released a track in the build-up to Views called Summer 16, which is just a straightforward rap song with no chorus or anything, and there's, like, a beat change in the middle of it, and it it's just great. Um, And Views had nothing like that, and that was disappointing to me. And then also Kanye's The Life of Pablo, which I thought was fine as an album, but it was quite clearly something that was just thrown together because he had the songs available and like the fucking track listing changed over time and the whole concept of the album itself changed with it. And it was just, it was fine for what it is, but I just got way too hyped. I, I drowned in the hype for both of those albums and was left with, like, a fucking... I haven't actually listened to Life of Pablo, but is it just, like, a Bruce Springsteen album that Bruce, like, puts together recently where he just, like, gets yeah. tracks from, like, old albums? Yeah, it was, yeah. yeah. Um, it, it, I mean, it wasn't as blatant as that, but no. there were songs on there that he said weren't gonna be on and turned out to be on it. Like, to Drake's credit... He released Views, and I think the main reason that it suffered was because the tracks he had planned for it had leaked. Right. And Drake was like, well, they're already out there, so i got to put new stuff on it. And I think the new stuff wasn't up to that standard, and I think that's why it suffered. Whereas with Kanye, like, I mean, he did this this, this track um, that was over the beat of Jumpman by Drake and Future. Mm. And it was about him and how he's bigger than Nike and all that stuff. Um, and it's just, it's not something you'd put on an album. Like, it's its like, it's, it's, it's more like a Summer 16 song that Drake had, where you just drop it in the build-up to something. Yeah. But it made its way to the album, and it shouldn't have. And it's just one of those situations where I think the two of them just lost sight of what the albums were supposed to be and got totally hung up on the idea of, like, making it perfect that it ruined it for them I, th I think that's what happened i think yeah i think similarly with blonde by uh frank ocean we spoke a little bit about that but like he like so much hype since mm. uh channel orange was released i think in like 2012 so it's been four years um and everyone was like waiting for the second album waiting for the second album and there's the whole thing like the stereotype about the second album was always the hardest one to like produce yeah or make um and like I did, I love Channel Orange. Like I think it's a great album. Like uh, I know you don't particularly like it that much, but um, 
Yeah, Blonde is just... I mean, I only I've had one full listen uh, so far. Um, but, I, you know, it, like with most good albums, like I think it takes a few listens like all the way through three or four times we like you know to really get it and understand it and like yeah i've, I've heard it's a grower from. so like I, I i mean i've heard people whose opinions i appreciate say it was a grower so like yeah apparently it's got like no standout tunes but it does have songs that will get you when you're at the right frame of mind yeah sort, sort of like um bonnie Vare's album uh for emma forever ago Right, which is just like it took me a couple of listens to get into that, but once I did, it turned out to be like a very important album for me. But mm. it, it it didn't get me right away. But yeah, I I listened to Channel Orange, and to be honest, thought it was garbage. So fuck you, anyone who likes it. Now just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> so Ch- Channel garbage. Yeah. Right. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I I think like albums especially. Uh, it's because it takes time, uh, and it can like some artists don't even release an album that you're looking forward to. Do you know what I mean? Like, uh, is it Dre? Like, hasn't released the album like everyone wants him to release or whatever. Detox, yeah. Yeah. So he's finally just come out and said, "All right, you fucking idiots, it's not even gonna happen." Yeah. <laughs> just stop, you morons. Yeah. Um. So yeah, like that that sort of thing because like artists can take you know, a year to do an album or they can take six years or however long it might take, you know, so it's always that hype of like, oh, you know, I can't wait for it to be released. It's not like a movie where once the trailer's out, you can guarantee within the year you're going to see that movie, do you know what I mean? Whereas like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know. Which which, which kind of, because uh, I, I was going to ask when you said that you were excited for Batman versus Superman, I was going to say, really snobbily, I was going to say, did you see the trailer? <laughs> How yeah. are you excited for that shit? Um, but is it, uh, that was just me being a cunt. So <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, I, ju- I I like the 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 story is based on the Dark Knight Returns. is a good graphic novel. Um, it's pretty gritty. It's pretty dark. It's set sort of like like during the Watchmen, like the Ronald Reagan uh, Ronald Reagan era of the United States, where like it's uh, Soviet Union and all that stuff. And it it's just a really good graphic novel and if they based it like on that i thought like okay this could be good like much like the the dark christopher nolan movies are kind of taken from different Mm. uh batman graphic novels uh in in pieces they're not like based solely on one yeah yeah um the killing joke yeah and then you've got uh, batman year one is kind of um batman begins kind of was Uh, batman year one the one where batman fought al-qaeda or was no, that was no. the uh, what was the first Frank Miller one that he did? It was Batman versus Al Qaeda or something. Oh really? Yeah, and there there was like a a piece in it where Batman goes and finds Osama bin Laden and stuff like that. And, no. Like because I remember reading about it and I was like, all right, that's it. Like I just can't get into comic books. Yeah, <laughs> it's just too much for me. I like I don't know what it is. Um, but yeah, I I I I admire. The grittiness, but I think mm. where Zack Snyder went wrong was that he wanted two Batmans instead of Batman and Superman, and I just, I just don't think we need more antiheroes. Like, yeah, I don't know. It's true. I think the problem is like for me, like it, it's just they because of we can divulge into like movies and stuff, I guess. But like the Marvel movies are too poppy and like wink at the camera and. 
yeah. funny, funny joke, smile, like the thumbs up in the air. Uh, like kind of not not so much the Captain America ones. I find they're like a little bit better at that. But like most of the Marvel movies are that. Uh, whereas like DC thought, right, we'll go the opposite way. And we're like, no, just don't go the whole opposite way. Yeah. It's, just, <laughs> yeah. it's just ridiculous. That some of the, like the Marvel movies are good. Just they're just a little bit too, you know, uh, smiley winky at the camera. Yeah, they are. Yeah. So just tone that down a little bit. Don't go all the way the other way. You know. Yeah, it's uh, it's it's sort of like an almost a disappointing time to be looking forward to movies that are coming out, but also be sick of superheroes. Mm-hmm. Like, because what like what's coming out that we decided we we're exciting uh, excited about? There's Rogue One, the Star Wars movie. Yeah, like I'm really really hyped for that. I have no doubt it's going to be great. Um, I know they did some reshoots, which is supposed to be a bad sign, but I mean, they did reshots of The Force Awakens, um, they did reshots of Jurassic World, those movies weren't hampered by that, I don't think this will be either, I think it's going to be a good movie, and um, obviously I'm annoyed that there's a female protagonist, because that means the feminists have won, Mm, and we shouldn't be letting them win, Uh, but... (laughs) It's called Who Mankind. <laughs> I'm so like looking forward to the day that there's like a Princess Leia origin story movie, and the yeah. nerds are still like, "Wow, this is bullshit!" Another female protagonist. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, I think Rogue One looks fucking awesome. I think it looks like something that I. I just think there's going to be something about it that we didn't know about Star Wars, you know? Like, because I saw that samurai-looking guy waving... Yeah, and I I did get excited about that. Like, the whole, is he a Jedi? Yeah. Isn't he a Jedi? Like, because there's no real... Like, this is set, obviously, before New Hope, between... Presumably, Obi-Wan Kenobi is still old Yeah. uh, at this point. Like, nobody does like uses the Force anymore... Or, like, it doesn't really exist. Yeah, because um, Han Solo in uh, A New Hope says he doesn't believe in the Force. No, so it exists. Like, people know of it, but it doesn't, like... Uh, like, exi- if, if that makes sense, it doesn't really exist anymore. Like, no one practices it. It's just... It's like Buddhism. He, 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 yeah, he's grown up thinking... It's some sort of nonsense bullshit that, like, from the past or, or something like that, you know? Like me with physiotherapy. Exactly. <laughs> That's exactly what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, uh, yeah, uh, Rogue One looks... It just looks fucking good, doesn't it? Yeah. Well, the, the, the little bits of it, like, I don't... I think that's the first main trailer they've done recently, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, the one with Darth Vader at the end, like, the helmet, that shot of him, like, um, like from the behind. Um, but that's hype. That's just, like, great advertisement. That's, like... We're gonna give you the money shot, and it's it's the back of Darth Vader's head, and then, like every every like nerd like screams, but um, like that that gets you hyped for the movie, you know clearly, um, you know. And I was really surprised to learn that Nicolas Cage is playing Darth Vader. I was, I was too, but it, I mean, if you really think about it, it's a great choice. Well, also, who else could it be? Yeah, exactly. In 2016. Yeah. It's, um, the, it's, it's the choice that makes the most amount of sense. What is surprising is they they let him do the voice too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, which is a bold move. Yeah, but you know you got to do what you got to do. His voice yeah. is money. This is this is yeah. all proven facts. It, well, his voice is just pure dollars, isn't it? I, I do you know 
it, like speaking of hype and stuff like that, I was actually kind of I watched all the trailers for the Force Awakens. I think there were was it wasn't there like three main trailers that came out for it. Yeah, yeah I think so. I think most movies have three one. Three there days. was there was one that was I think it was the last one. It was the one that was released during the Super Bowl, but it was just the most well cut piece of advertisement I've ever seen in my life where they had the um it was like that sort of chiming yeah which is the one where he says cheery we're home that's the first one that's the first one yeah yeah um I don't remember the second one very well but the third one was the one where it it started out you could hear Maz's voice saying who are you really or something like that yeah um and and she said the force is calling you let it in or something like that Mm -hmm. but that advert fucking got me like it, it's just it's so well made it's so well pieced together that someone went found all of that and made that advert from it um i thought that was great but um the problem with watching all those adverts was that when i actually watched the movie itself i knew what was coming next in almost every scene i think that's that's also an issue with with hype and everything because they they want to hype it up so much yeah they release so much in advance to get you to go, it's almost like you know. Are you almost picturing that thing? Well, that's that hasn't happened from the trailer, so. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what it was. Yeah. Um, it's like we can't have the end yet because that bit in the trailer hasn't happened yet. So. Yeah, completely. Yeah. Yeah. You, yeah. You start looking for the things in the trailer, which is why, like, it's really good. Um, the way in some movies they actually just make shit up for the trailer. They do edit, they, like, um, yeah, shot, shoot, like, extra scenes. Yeah. Deliberately to cut them out of the movie and then put them in the in the trailer, yeah. So I, I wish that was more of a done thing uh, mm. and a thing that we were aware of so that we wouldn't expectantly look for, like, you know, like, because, like, I knew fucking 100% that when the Millennium Falcon got apprehended that it was obviously Han Solo and Chewie and stuff like yeah. that. Like, I don't know, um... I feel almost like I was robbed of my experience of watching that a little bit. Although, like... I did was... go and see it three times. Yeah, yeah no, same. I mean, it is one of the more movies that the hype lived up to. Like, it just it blew me away. Like, it just gave... You know, it's that feeling of being in the cinema and just being excited and stuff. Like, most of the time now, it's kind of like you go and you're like, okay, I'm I'm kind of been burnt a lot. So I'm just <laughs> yeah. gonna be sort of like I'm just gonna sit here and want to like this, and then you're like, oh, that's a bit shit, isn't it? Why? Yeah, but I'll also say, right? I saw the Phantom Menace in the cinema nine times. That, yeah, I think like, uh, not not nine times, but I think I saw it. Yeah, like three or four times. Yeah, it's it's not a movie that burned me. Um, it didn't hurt. Like I I bought all the fucking toys. Like same same yeah. Uh, it didn't hurt my enjoyment of the franchise, but. Attack of the Clowns did. Hey. Yeah. Uh, and so did Revenge of the Sith or whatever. Like I I uh I did watch them recently. Attack of the uh, the Phantom Menace is not it's the CGI is terrible. It does not hold up at all. And it's just a movie about trade blockades and federations and But the, sh- are, are the the droids are just awful. Yeah. They? They're just terrible. Uh but like the lightsaber battle at the end, like I'll give it like it's probably the best one. Oh, it is. Yeah, it is. That's actually great. Yeah, I, I think that's one of the most um, epic 
sort of moments in the Star Wars franchise, even. Yeah. But it does suffer a lot from, like, bad acting, I think, those movies. Yeah, and you know what? The first three, uh, well, the, the three prequels that they made are really, really riddled with this childish humor, like puns and stuff mm. like that. Um, which I, I don't like. I really don't like in Attack of the Clones when Anakin jumps out of the speeder uh, looking for that bounty hunter. And Obi-Wan just goes... It, like, it's all silent after he jumps and Obi-Wan is like, I hate it when he does that. Like, fuck off with that. Yeah. Um, and and similarly, I think the comedy in The Force Awakens was really on point and it was really funny. It was the funniest Star Wars by a long way. But I don't think that's going to age well. Like, I, I think fucking the BB-8 giving the thumbs up, like... I mean, that's just ridiculous. Yeah. I, I, I think it is, like, there was subtle humor as well like uh the when like Carlo Ren like receives the bad news and it trashes that, that was room, great trashes yeah. the room with the lightsaber and those two guys like come around the, the yeah, corner yeah 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 and they're like he's clearly done this before and they're like okay we're not gonna go anywhere yeah now. that was brilliant yeah um that's an important but, piece of character building too because like exactly you, you know exactly what kind of guy he is you know yeah. that he's childish and he yeah. has he has a tendency to lash out and like stuff like yeah. that. I, I thought that was actually really good. His character is far better done than the Hayden Christensen character, like Anakin in the third one. Yeah, you, you just want to like you. I never really disliked Kylo Ren in like a, he's just a prick. Like, but Anakin, I just having like I just didn't like him. Even Too much watching, angst. yeah, he just like just yeah, stop being so emo. Just like yeah, you know. I really liked. Uh, the scene where he kills all the younglings <laughs> because because you like the death of children. That's well, yes. Yeah. Um, that's all I was gonna say. <laughs> yeah. Because I like when children die. Yeah, because yeah. like that's extended suffering. Like you got the parents, you know. Yeah. The, the whole what could have been with their life thing. Uh, yeah. You know that that's a tragedy probably. Um, yeah. But no, it was, it, I I thought that was cool because when the camera focused on his face and you saw his eyes going red. It was just a very significant turning point for the character, and I think while his angst was handled terribly in the second one, I thought in Revenge of the Sith, I, I liked that Anakin. I did, I did like him. He, he was vicious and ruthless, and but I just think like looking throughout the whole of the movies, I don't think he's like capable of anything like that. Like Darth, like Darth Vader as a character isn't capable. I don't think of like anything like that malicious and cruel because if you like unless unless he is and he's just like by the time return of the jedi comes around he's just kind of like you know what uh i'm just kind of a good guy now yeah isn't that a thing though with because i i started listening to the empire podcast which i would recommend everyone go and listen to it's fantastic um and they did an episode on on, uh, movie villains and um uh helen o'hara said like, it, it, I mean, it, it, it's sort of a well-known thing, but every villain eventually becomes a hero if you let them live long enough. Mm. And that's so true, because Darth Vader had developed such a following that they just couldn't have him be the evil guy. And his character arc was for him to come back to the good side, which shouldn't actually happen, right? Because he's supposed to bring balance to the Force, not yeah. destroy it. No. Um, but, like, when Luke brings him back or whatever he dies like that's not balance to the force that's only the light and i don't think that's the jedi's final end game really is it no they're supposed to be all about having a balance which they were doing you know before episode what that they should make a fucking movie about pre-episode one star wars 
Because it's very clear in episode one that the Jedi are not warriors at all. Like, they're not accustomed to fighting their peacekeepers and their uh, representatives and, and, like, for the most part, they're diplomats. So, like, I, I would like to see a movie that shows them bringing that balance about, maybe. But I guess you can't really do that at all, logistically, because you can't have a villain that settles into a villain role by the end of the movie, because that's just not satisfying for the audience. Yeah. But, I don't know. I Overall, I would say Star Wars is good. I yes, I think I think we've summed up Star Wars good. Hmm. Um, Star Trek. Star Trek. Uh, I don't know, I actually watched the new Star Trek and I thought it was quite good. Uh, well, I didn't think it was quite good. I was disappointed by Star Trek Into Darkness. I just, I don't like the, I, I don't know a whole lot about Star Trek, because, let's face it, guys, I'm not a nerd. Please. <laughs> um, <Not> fucking nerd. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but um, when I watched Star Trek growing up, um, I would catch the odd episode here and there, uh, and I mean, like, the Shatner one. And yeah. it was, every episode was like a philosophical thought experiment thing. What if this, what if this, all these races, like, the end game is ultimately that we all should be peaceful beings and live happily ever after. Yeah. Together. I think yeah. Was, you know. And that's great. And I'm all for that. And there's a lesson to be had. And it's so cool that they go to different planets. Like there's a Nazi planet, a gangster planet, all that stuff. And then the movies are like, whoa, you guys want to see some space explosions <laughs> and people falling off cliffs? Like just, there's nothing in the movies that are like, well, here's something for you to think about. Yeah, I think the the first movie, I think because it's a J.J. Abrams movie, felt more Star Wars to me. Like, it mm-hmm. was more, it, it very, like, he shot it in a way that, like, I don't know, I just, it felt very Star Wars to me. And, um, the, the second one, uh, is basically Wrath of Khan, um, or The Search for Spock. Like, it, it, I can't remember which one it is now, uh, that they basically just took the whole thing and combined them into, into one movie. Uh, and this, I mean, it doesn't, you're right, it doesn't have the elements of um, bringing people together and, like, in yeah. fact, the first one, like, they're, these guys have lost their home planet and they're kind of pissed off and they're going to, they want to blow up a uh, Vulcan, um, yet no one's really concerned that much about the explosion of Vulcan from the beginning. They're just a bit sort of like, there's no real, like, panic on the faces of anybody um i mean spock is pretty pissed off but he's vulcan so he doesn't he doesn't actually feel emotion so <laughs> that's, that's hard. yeah uh, i don't know I, I i do like those movies but they're not i, I mean i don't get excited them for them. i mean they, you release a star trek trailer for me it's not it's not exciting i wouldn't you know the hype in that situation you know i'm like i'll go see it because like mo- most pop culture movies like i'll go see anyway yeah but, which which actually is probably a good time. I know like we have other stuff to talk about that are upcoming that we're excited about, but I think this might be the time to talk about Suicide Squad because it's current and it had hype and we all went to see it and it was absolute garbage, uh, yeah. pretty much. Um, I couldn't believe how... Like, oh, but because... Before you start, is there any redeeming factors for you whatsoever? Like anybody that you thought... No, they did quite a good job. I, I thought Will Smith was really good. I uh, think it's a return to form for Will Smith in terms of, like, uh, being likable. Yeah. I don't think he's been particularly, like, his last couple of movies, 
the one he did with Jaden where they were lost in like a on a world after Earth, yeah, yeah, it's not good. It was a poor uh, M Night Shyamalan movie. Uh, but he's kind of like back to the sort of like uh, the scallywag Will Smith sort of uh, Independence Day Will Smith, if you like that kind of like. I think that was a deliberate choice from him too. Like I, I think he knew what he was doing there because Will Smith has always been very. Um, what's the word? Will Smith looks out for Will Smith. And yeah. He knew what he was doing by taking that role. But yeah. um, I, it was quite clear in all of the scenes where it was him and uh, that Swedish guy who played Rick Flagg, whose name is Joel Kinnaman. Yeah. Is that his name? Because yeah. Will Smith, like, absolutely, like, acted rings around him in all of those scenes. And it made Joel Kinnaman seem incredibly, like, unlikable. Just yeah. because he just has, like, no charisma about him yeah. whatsoever. And that Robocop movie he was in was terrible and... Um, he's not really that good, to be honest. But uh, Will Smith was was very very good. I I thought uh, Harley Quinn was decent. I know it's her her whole thing is that she belongs to the Joker. Um, right, should we do spoilers for this? Like, how, surely people have seen. This. Surely anyone uh, who's not going to see it by now. I would say I would say if you haven't seen the Suicide Squad, don't listen to the next. Three minutes of no, the I, I would go one better. I would double down on that and say, if you haven't seen Suicide Squad, don't. <laughs> it's shit. Yeah, or just don't. Yeah. yeah. I, I think. Um, look, we're gonna talk about it in spoilers. Yeah. Skip, skip forward five minutes if you don't wanna. If you don't wanna have it ruined for you. But to be honest, it's it's not a good movie. Like it shouldn't really matter. Um, I think if you like like the characters, particularly like Deadshot and like Harley Quinn, you might enjoy it. But if you like. Uh, like if you like like good movies, actually, let me just edit. <laughs> you won't like it. But um, I, I thought any like the the Batman scenes were quite good, and there were like one or two of them. I you... thought they were strange. Like... I just like the fact that they used him in like a uh, a kind of a he wasn't in like n- no one made mention of a couple of scenes he was going to be in. Yeah, I, was... I thought I thought that was cool too. I I thought the scene where he appeared in the in the Deadshot scene. Yeah, in the in the, that, that the alleyway. Was, that was yeah. bad. Like it, it was so weird, and it was like they, it was like Ben Affleck wasn't available that day, so they just got like a puppet. I, it was really weird. Like there was something just really off about that scene that I I didn't like at all. Because if Ben Affleck and Will Smith are on screen together, like I want to know that they're on screen together. Do you know? Yeah, like, true. Yeah. It, it, I, there was a lot of stuff about the movie that was so clearly just fucking pieced together and clipped to make a deadline or whatever. Because one thing I noticed was that they all got their own little intros. But even that was botched because it starts off with Deadshot. And, like, that was his intro. And then it cuts to um, Detective Hopper from Stranger Things talking to the (laughs) evil lady. Yeah. And then they all get their intro again. Like, I, I, just the pacing of it was just completely ridiculous. Um, yeah. And their intros were really cool. I liked that they all got their own little soundtrack and stuff. Like, it, it sort of did give it a lot of character. I, I did think that, like, some... Like, you could clearly tell towards the end as the the intros got less and less yeah, yeah. interesting. You're like, well, they clearly don't like that the character. F- the well. fact that Slipknot didn't even get an intro. So, yeah. And, and then, then, then you're like, oh, by the way, guys, Slipknot is in this? Yeah, and he's dead. Yeah. <laughs> Basically, it was like the next scene. He's in this mission started. He's dead. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Oh man, yeah. it was just a fucking absolute calamity of a movie. 
I, yeah. I thought the fucking Enchantress shit, that was so bad. It, it was bad. Like, in terms of bad guys, it was a, yeah. It was horrendous. Oh, my God. Is there nobody better for them to fight? And, like, even if not, like, can you not do a better presentation than a bunch of fucking black currents that are walking? Well, I, we've had this discussion beforehand, but, like, it's just so annoying that they pander to the, the PG-13 rating or whatever it is in America. I don't, I don't know what the equivalent is in America. I think it's something else, but... um. Now, PG-13 is is the American term. They just call it PG over here, I think. Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, uh, but, like, to to get that rating that you, you can't show blood or the death of human beings or, like, <laughs> graphic death of human beings. So, to have, like, battles and stuff like that, like, Deadshot is going to kill people. So, that in a movie where Deadshot will shoot lots of people, uh, like, he shot one guy in, like, the flashback scenario showing, like, didn't he... he put the bullet in his head didn't he in the very beginning yes yeah but beyond that like anything like if they're gonna shoot like uh lots of people they all of these movies do these mindless sort of like yeah black current people where they're just like yeah they're, essentially they're putty men from power rangers there yeah like, <laughs> yeah completely this just it's horrible I, I i i watched it with my girlfriend in the cinema and um the part where they finally get the uh fiery guy who probably has a name better than that. Oh, no, wait, wasn't he just Enchantress's brother? No, 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 the guy who shoots fire, the Mexican guy who shoots fire out of, well... Oh, the, Diablo. Diablo, yeah, that's the name. Um, the, the scene where, like, I think it was Will Smith finally brought the anger out of him and he just burned all the people. And my girlfriend just turned to me and said, why didn't they just bring him? <laughs> like, they literally don't need any other person. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They, they literally didn't. Guy. Yeah, they didn't at all. And, and like, oh. that's so true as well. Yeah. Like, anyone could have swung the baseball bat at the, at the, <laughs> at Cara Delevingne. Like, it, it's just, I don't know. And even, like, the Killer Croc guy, like, did nothing apart from swim. Through, like, I don't, it was just such a garbage movie. Like, I'm so fucking bemused as to how they made such a terrible movie and it just goes to show what a fucking joke the whole process of making a movie actually is in Hollywood when they have to do things to uh, appeal to everybody and while at the same time meeting all these ridiculous deadlines like I don't know who gives these deadlines yeah or whatever but they ruin films like mm. they fucking ruin them like I don't think that Suicide Squad had to be bad I think it could have been a really good movie but I don't know what what did you think of Jared Leto as the Joker I, he's I think he's just a he's a cunt in real life he's and, an absolute wank uh, uh, um, but like he just I think he just overacted for me a little bit yeah like, he wasn't he wasn't horrible uh but I just it's it, it it's weird I think because you automatically... Th- he wasn't in it enough to really pass judgment that yeah, much, yeah. to be honest. But, like, he for me, he overacted a little bit. Um, yeah. I, 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 it, I it's know. really... I, I find the, the thing between him and Harley Quinn is very odd. Because I get... And, like, I'm not one of those people that is, like... Oh, it's so stupid that she just belonged to him. Because like, I know that that's her point as a character. Um, well, she kind of like got Stockholm syndrome. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, and she then, fell like, in love with her. You know, that's cool because it shows his power. Like because he's how so does, charming. Yeah, you know, how does the Joker recruit all these people? Like that's never really truly been explored before, and I think it's even something that the Dark Knight could have done with. But it's it's just I don't know. Like he takes a piece of her brain out. Or no, sorry, he does the electrocution thing. 
Yeah. And then when she, at the end of the movie, when Enchantress shows everyone their dream life, hers is that she's normal again and that the Joker is a domesticated normal guy. Yeah. And that makes fucking no sense if she was a normal person that was turned into, like, an insane person who wants to be insane with the Joker. Like, just that flashback was so out of place. And It bizarre. should be them skipping through a field, like, firing guns in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Them walking through, like, an, a post-apocalyptic wasteland that they are the rulers of. Or, you know, like, them in a fucking theme park that is yeah. evil and a- acidic in its nature. Yeah. Like, yeah, that, that was so fucking stupid. Like, just really fucking bad. Like... I don't know. I, it was just a bad movie. I guess you can't really say anything more than that. I don't think anyone will come out and defend that movie and say that it was anything other than terrible. Um, which I say knowing full well that a lot of the nerds have and are doing that on social media. But... Yeah, I, I think, I mean, there, there's there's moments of it that I thought, that's a cool DC comic moment, like between characters that you've never seen on the screen before, like Deadshot and Harley Quinn and stuff. But just it was just bad. Like, it wasn't like it wasn't enjoyable really at all i mean it's not really like it was just stuff you'd seen before like the soundtrack was kind of like they're trying too hard to incorporate yes, like completely um a, a soundtrack that has um creedence clearwater revival and kanye west on it is trying too hard yeah completely like it's yeah that the uh, opposite ends of the spectrum and stuff like that um do you think there's anything DC can do to save themselves from here? Like, because they're fucking it up so badly. Because I asked earlier what you thought of Man of Steel. Um, and I watched it on the plane when I was going to Singapore. And um, I thought it was, like, it was fine. It was quite good for the first half or maybe the first third of the movie. I think that until Kevin Costner died. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was quite good. Uh, now, actually, after the once they started like doing the whole blowing up the city, yeah, and, that that n- I hate that shit. Like, I, yeah. it's just a destruction orgy, and like it's so CGI intensive that it, it just takes away from it completely from any storytelling. But yeah, but the, the yeah the the very first hour, the the backdrop of uh, him growing up as Clark Kent on the farm and all that stuff. I love all that stuff anyway because like um, I love that character of like being alienated. Uh, he is an alien, uh, growing up human, and he's having to interact. And, like, ah, that's uh? <laughs> no, yeah, no, yeah. It, um, it, it and is feeling like he doesn't belong and all that stuff. Like you could, as a as a person, even though he's an alien with like all these superhuman powers, you can relate to that feeling of not belonging and all that stuff. But then, obviously, yeah, the last again with superhero movies, the last hour is just nonsensical, <laughs> uh, buildings Once collapsing. Complete fucking nonsense. Yeah. The fucking, I, all of that, like, I don't know, because I think Mad Max Fury Road is just the best movie ever made, and there's just no, like, bullshit like that in it, like, th- like the destruction was gratuitous and just so over the top that it, it just didn't even mean anything anymore. I just wonder whether, like, since 9-11, like, the, the, at the... Like this is gonna sound outrageous. Like the 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 level of destruction that happened in real life, I'm everyone witnessed. Like meant that movies had to like up their ante to match that, and everything now on from now on has to be like buildings collapsing and 
uh, just mass death of people. I don't know, but like it, you go back to like 1996 and think about blockbusters, and like the movies were like Con Air. And well, like, like Independence Day destroyed. Independ- well, yeah, but, but they're they're di- disaster movies. Yeah, and, and you also could argue that like that's their aim. Like, but every blockbuster now is a disaster movie. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Every movie now is a sci-fi and a disaster at the same time. Yeah, it's it's all about the end of the world all of the time. Yeah. Um, and like in Independence Day, the whole point of them destroying specific buildings was to show the scale of the chaos. Like they were like, all right, look, we're blowing up the um. The like, White House. Yeah. We're blowing up these buildings in Washington, these buildings in uh, Paris or whatever. Um, actually, no, it was all across America in Independence Day. But in Batman vs. Superman, or sorry, uh, Man of Steel, they just destroy every fucking building. Mm. And the whole movie is just this grey scale across the screen. Yeah. And also, I fucking despise this thing that superhero movies do, where... The villain is just the hero, except bad. Like, I just... I Like, Superman is a guy who can fly around and do all that cool shit. It's not compelling to me that the villain is a guy who can fly around and do all that cool shit. Like, I don't like that the villain is just another Superman. And they did it with Iron Man. Like, they do it with all the fucking movies now. That's pretty much what they are, is that the other guys get the same amount of power. I don't know, is it an allegory for nuclear warfare or whatever... But it's garbage, and they need to stop doing. It. <laughs> I think they do. I that, that's why it's interesting for me for the whole uh, Batman. Like, if you look at the main villains of, of some comic, like Superman and DC, especially, like Superman's main villain is Lex Luthor, and it's never really explained in these new movies, like especially the Batman versus Superman. But like, he's just a, a rich guy. Like, he's just Donald Trump. Yeah, or, have... or in this movie, he's just a rich guy who's on lots of cocaine. Yeah, he's on the... lots of cocaine. Yeah, um, he's like Mark Zuckerberg, but yeah. if he like had lots of cocaine. Um, but uh, yeah, the Joker is nothing special. Like he, he sh- he's Batman's like arch nemesis, but he's not good at fighting. Yeah. He's not he's not particularly good at anything. He just likes chaos, and that's the one thing. Like in this, like the Batman loves order and like. Uh, all that sort of stuff. Like, he's not really, uh, you know, particularly follows the law, but, like, he he has a code of ethics and all this stuff, whereas the Joker doesn't live by that. But, yeah, you're right, like, most of the stuff now, like, is it Thor, like, has Loki, who has the same powers? Yeah. Although, um, like, in fairness to Loki, they've made Loki into a charming rogue-type character, almost yeah. like a, um, a Disney version of uh, Heath Ledger's Joker. Yeah, no, I agree with that, yeah. yeah. He is a lot like that, yeah. Which is fine, and it works well. I just, I don't like, like, Iron Man. The first Iron Man movie is, like, two and a half hours of Tony Stark trying to figure out how his fucking suit works. And then every other Iron Man movie after that is, like, all the bad guys getting the suit and figuring out how it works straight away. Yeah. It's just, it's not compelling after that point. And, like, I also cringe a little bit at the fact that we're adults and we're, um, dissecting the movies in that way because we shouldn't be but they present themselves like that you know like they really fucking feed off that seriousness and that those dark elements mm. and stuff I think Marvel do a great job of treading the line between humorous and dark and like scary but also safe whereas yeah because ultimately they know it's for children yeah yeah completely and they can always fall back on that no matter yeah. what 
whereas like DC is, is just Zack Snyder being like, but what if everyone was Batman? Yeah. <laughs> all of the people. What if they were all Batman? Yeah. It's just like basically he's watched the Dark Knight movies and go, oh, I like his voice. Yeah. <laughs> let's let's put that in everything. His voice is so angry. Let's put it in everything. Yeah. yeah. It's it's just too much. Zack Snyder is terrible. Like I yeah. just no. I I hate he sucker punch. Ruined Zack Snyder for me. I yeah, think. because Dawn of the Dead is decent. Yeah. Um, I thought Watchmen was good. Yeah, I did general. I like it. It, it has. Uh, it's it's probably like it's bloated and up itself a little bit. Yeah, but, like, it, 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 but there are very some some very cool elements to that movie. It's my favorite movie where a giant blue guy walks around. Yeah. I think. Yeah. No, I think uh, it's my favorite movie with. Uh, a Rorschach in it. Yeah. Which is undeniable, I think, actually. Yeah, although I wonder, like, because I know what the Rorschach test is, and I only know what it is through popular culture, so I'm wondering what other movies that I like have a Rorschach test in it. Hmm. Uh, it's in The Simpsons, right? Homer takes one. Yeah, yeah. Uh... Yeah, I, I think it's. I think it must be in other things than The Simpsons. Well, like it, the it Simpsons... amazing if the only two things it was in were The Watchmen and The Simpsons. Yeah, but that's a tough call because <laughs> I'm going with The Simpsons. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, like if it's in The Simpsons, it's obviously in lots of other things. Yeah, The Simpsons only reference. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah so. Yeah. yeah, I find that interesting. Like the nature of parody, how we all know what. Because remember, we did an episode about uh, movie tropes. Yeah. And we could name fucking tropes for like months and months. Tropes for days. Tropes for days. But we can't name the source material. No. And that's weird. <laughs> like yeah, why yeah. is that? How how does that happen? I don't know. I don't. Yeah. Know. Um should we move on from uh bashing the DC universe with a hopeful brush and move into things that we're excited about that are coming up? Um yes, we should. Because I mean, let's stop being negative. Let's let's get excited. Let's let's believe the hype. Yeah. So one of the things that's going to be terrible is no. Um, <laughs> I, I'm quite excited for that Tupac movie. I think it looks fucking sick. Um, yeah. Um, I like that they're doing movies like that because I thought uh, Straight Outta Compton was pretty good, and like I wasn't expecting to see Tupac in there. But I also wasn't expecting to see Dr. Dre's kid. Whoa. Hey-o. Um. But yeah, it looks it looks it looks good. Like, yeah. I, I think it's going to be a good movie. Um, Tupac is, like, a guy that I wish was not dead, because he was pretty good at what he did. Yeah. You know, like Harry Kuehl, except better. He's often been compared to the Harry Kuehl of rap. I yeah, think. yeah. Completely. I think that was definitely a thing of the time. Yeah. But, um... um <laughs> I don't know, I don't know. <laughs> uh, it's crazy, right? Um, Kendrick Lamar released his what many people consider to be his best album, uh, Good Kid, Mad City, when he was 25. And when Tupac was 25, he was shot dead. Like, isn't that just fucked up? Like, Tupac left, like, such a fucking legacy at the age of 25 years old. So I always always think he looks older than that. That's because you're a racist, though. No, but black people look younger. Yeah, no, true, actually. Because uh, Denzel always... Washington is 75 years old. He's 70... Yeah, I think Samuel L. Jackson is 91. That's crazy. I mean... Yeah. Um, Forrest Whitaker has a weird eye. That's got nothing to do with <laughs> But it's just something I thought I'd point out. Um... <laughs> it's not wrong. It's not wrong. And it's not racist, either, because 
had he been, weird had, eye, yeah. had he been white, I would have also pointed it out. Yeah. Um, Chinese doesn't really matter. Um, but yeah, I think because we touched upon this a little bit earlier, talking about what we're going to talk about and saying like, yeah. what, what if uh, Tupac had been around today? What would he be doing? Like, would he still be making? Yeah. Uh, how how relevant would he be? Because he he only had four proper studio albums. Um, all of them were very highly acclaimed. But as we well know, uh, Tupac has released an album every month since his death. Yeah, every month, I think, yeah. Yeah, and that's one of the things that stands to his legacy. Uh, Like, it's a testament to his ability as a recording artist. But there's a really dense story with Tupac that I wonder... I reckon the movie will probably skirt around and not get into, but um, a lot of people are under the impression that he was this um, really, like, enigmatic guy who was fairly sure that he was going to die, so he recorded loads of stuff in advance. But the truth is, he was... By the time he was shot, uh, he he got shot before, like, he got shot several times in his life. Not all of them fatal. Um, So one of the times he got shot and then he discharged himself from hospital and released an album shortly after. Um, But after that time, he got really, really paranoid about uh, who he thought... Yeah, like, who he thought was involved in it and stuff like that. Um, And he started stockpiling content to release for when he was in prison because he was fairly sure he was going to go back to prison. Right. Um, and he, he, like, didn't trust anyone and he started turning on everyone and he started feuds with everyone, like, people who he trusted up to that point. And I think that's a symptom of Death Row Records. They were, like, notoriously vengeful and uh, aggressive and stuff like that. And uh, Tupac was, like, one of the leaders of that. Um, and... It's just crazy to me that he recorded as much as he did, as many songs as he did. Like, 25, man, is just ridiculous. Like, I just feel like if you didn't know that, you would have said he was, like, 31 or 32 or something. Like, he released four albums. Obviously, since then, has released, like, 19 albums or whatever. I just... I I, I said Kendrick Lamar because I think he's probably the closest thing we've come to producing a Tupac. A guy who speaks about what it's actually like to be a black person who's like under the thumb and sort of feels oppressed or whatever. I think pop culture, uh, popular music wise, Kendrick, I think there, there must be like underground. Oh, for sure. There are. Yeah. There, yeah. There but, are. um, for it to be mainstream and to release an album and not give a shit about like speaking the truth and stuff. Um, yeah, no, I absolutely agree. Like, you know, you don't get very close to good kid, mad city just as an album overall anyway. Um, especially one that deals with those types of themes like there no. haven't been many at all in the last 10 years well I mean there have but not ones of that scale of greatness I don't think no I yeah. I think also like it just uh, you know, everyone associates like rap music now with sort of like I, the, the Drake element of, of rap music and, and not, not to say that's, that's not as good as what Kendrick Lamar is doing but like it's it's on a different uh, scale. It's a it's a different it's a different level and scale and stuff. Yeah. I, yeah. I actually I think what Drake is doing is really really great and deserves like a lot of plaudits. But I separate it in my head to like yeah. e- even even though he has those songs with no choruses that I mentioned earlier where he just goes in and stuff like that and I love yeah. those. But still, Kendrick is an actual rapper. Yeah. And I say this as a guy who genuinely thinks Drake is like so much better than you all think he is. Like, he's one of my favorite people alive, and I like him better than Kendrick, but Kendrick's better. 
Yeah. He's, he's a better rapper. He's he's a better a, a much better like gangster rapper. He's he's way better at Well, he's just a better lyric lyrically. Like he yeah. l- lyrics like when people talk about like Springsteen and they talk about like he's good at like he's just writing songs. That's what Kendrick Lamar is for rap music. Like he's just good at writing those politically charged sort of like uh, look into like the life of um, yeah, like the blacker the berry. Yeah, that's, that's like a really good song that fucking does exactly what you're talking about there. But it also like paints a picture of like what it's like. Like you you don't have to live that life at all, but it just paints an amazing picture of of what he's talking about. And I I think Springsteen does the same thing. For like I've never been to Jersey, but I'm pretty sure it's exactly like what Springsteen describes yeah, describes yeah. it as. You know Completely. what I mean? Um. So yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, if Tupac were alive. Would he be relevant? Um, yeah, because uh, like you, you made like some decent points earlier when we. Spoke. I, I said, I said, uh, probably not because Ice Cube is in Ride Along too. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> which is like basically essentially what I said, but it's also a really good point. Like, yeah, but I, Ice Cube is in Ride Along too. Because like Tupac was also an actor, which I don't think is insignificant. Because yeah, but it's like, to his level. I, ju- I just don't know whether, like, if you get to a certain age, like that angst of you just you d- it doesn't it isn't there anymore, is yeah, it? Yeah, like, right. Because Ice Cube was also in Boys in the Hood, yeah. which is like one of like the ultimate sort of like it's a serious movie and yeah, it's a yeah, good yeah. movie, and he was in it and he was good in it. Yeah, and like only after that did he become a comedic yeah. sort of. Punchline he was like in Anaconda and all those. Co- was he in Anaconda or was one yeah, of those was, really yeah, ridiculous yeah. movies? And, and uh, there's also like Flavor Flav is from Public Enemy. Yeah, exactly. Like, like, and not only that, but he's also like a fucking multi-talented, like genius musician. Yeah. But like, yeah, he was like he was in Public Enemy and now he does that weird show that he hasn't done in years but that's what he's known for yeah now every it, time it, I think it, of him crazy, I, yeah. I always imagine the boogeyman from uh, WWE Smackdown because <laughs> <laughs> he wears a clock around his neck right so yeah. every time I think of Flavor Flavor I think of the boogeyman eating hmm. worms on the Titan Tron what a world <laughs> um, um, I, don't, I think it's a great I don't know whether like I don't think anyone is because you hold like Tupac to this like level now because he's dead. Yeah. Of like, nah, Tupac wouldn't be in Ride Along too, but he probably would. Like, he wouldn't release as culturally relevant songs as he did then, and he would probably be in Ride Along too. Because like or something equivalent. Kanye is one of the most influential. Well, maybe not influential, but like Kanye is widely renowned by people who know anything about music as a fucking incredible musician because he is. But he was in the Hangover, not the Hangover, uh, the Anchorman too. Yeah, I like how I said the Anchorman. <laughs> the Anchorman. He's in the Anchorman. Marvel's the Anchorman. Marvel's the Anchorman. <laughs> <laughs> really dark take on news reporting. Yeah. Um, Jake Gyllenhaal was fantastic in that role. I thought. Yeah. There's a little Nightcrawler joke. Um, but yeah, <laughs> like I, I, because Tupac made multiple appearances on talk shows and stuff and was very funny. In ways that I don't think you would expect him to be if you listen to his music. So, yeah. I don't know. Like, the dude was, um, like, he, I mean, he was shot. He went to jail. He thought he was going to go back to jail many times. I, I wonder about his mindset if he could have sustained 
that level of uh, output long enough to stay in the mainstream. I don't know. He could he he could have done something like what, what Eddie Murphy did, like just had a level of like fame so high uh, for so many years, and then just like just not really care anymore. Do you know what I mean? Like, what what was the last thing Eddie Murphy like? Eddie Murphy's like in his early fifties, maybe, and he just he doesn't do stand up anymore. Yeah, he doesn't really do movies anymore. I, yeah, I've not not seen him in an interview for anything. Like, I don't know what he is anymore. Like, like Shrek was good. It was like 2003, wasn't it? Like, it's like, do you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, I don't know, but it's, it's, I mean, you, you hit a level of fame, uh, you don't like. Need, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird like. I don't know. 2003 was like two years ago, man. So, yeah, like, I don't know what your problem is. Yeah, I think he could have done. I mean, Tupac could do like a a dry thing and like not. Yeah. Like, invent something like you know. Yeah. By the by the way, guys, Dre invented something. Tupac's uh, mini fridge. Yeah, two, uh, yeah Tupac's. It, two it's packs. like it's like a normal mini fridge, but it's like really cold. <laughs> but you can get two packs of something in there. Oh. Yeah. I don't get not, that. I don't get that reference. Uh, I don't know where I was going with that. Um. But yeah, I don't know. He could have gone that route and not like been an entrepreneur of something. I don't know whether his mindset would have been the same i don't know yeah like i i can't stress how paranoid he got towards the end like it, he was fucking mental like i don't know it, i it, there's such an interesting story to be told there and to take it back to why we started talking about tupac i just hope they explore that in the movie yeah but i am not confident after seeing straight out of content and well that they'll tell the like yeah the story um, but I, I, I thought Straight Outta Compton was sort of, it did a decent job of telling Jerry Heller's story, because, like, it also showed the good that he did, because even though he's, like, widely hated by the hip-hop community, like, he did have a huge hand in bringing N.W.A. to the forefront of popular culture, and, like, that's important. So, I don't know. Um, ugh. I, I think it'll be a good movie. I think I'll enjoy it, but I don't think it will tell a, the story I want it to tell. I think ultimately, though, like talking about hype, like you'll probably go in disappointed, maybe afterwards. Like, yeah, I you don't always know. do though. Like, man, I cannot begin to express to you how hyped I was for CM Punk's first fight in UFC. I know, right? Yeah, <laughs> that was disappointing. Actually, no. I'm talking about like hype and the thing. Uh, we uh like wrestling and sport, it, that sort of thing like UFC recently has been like the Conor McGregor Nate Diaz fight was hyped up and it kind of lived up to it was fucking it was fantastic great. yeah so um yeah yeah i really really enjoyed that um, any anything with Brock Lesnar is usually quite good just yeah, just cuz he like you know likes to punch people yeah he's just a big cunt yeah he's just a big he loves to fuck people up is a big cunt. Um, yeah. Uh, I guess. I guess maybe to end it on a final thing that I'm excited for. Go for it. Do you have anything you're excited for? Uh, not really. It's been a long time since you felt emotion. Yeah, nineteen ninety-seven <laughs> was a while ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and three-dollar bill, y'all, just peaked my excitement for everything. <laughs> Um, yeah, I'm gonna say the new Oasis documentary, Supersonic, just looks fantastic. I, I think, I think there comes a time in every person's life where they have to just take a step back, let their guard down, 
and just let Oasis in. Mm. Like just, I, I've I've found that because I I like all kinds of music, and I'll, usually only dickheads say that. But I mean, mm. I, I, I don't know. Um, <laughs> pe- people talk to me about all kinds of music all the time. And I always get into like deep discussions about what certain songs mean and stuff like that. And then they find out that I really like Oasis and they proceed to tell me why I'm wrong. Mm. And it's like, look, I know, yes, those are the same chord progressions. Oh, yes, that is taken from the Beatles or whatever. doesn't matter. Like, that's the music that I grew up with. And I, I find it very interesting that the people that hate Oasis the most are always the ones that want to throw their arms around you and sing Don't Look Back in Anger when it comes on in the pub at two in the morning. So right. um, I'm fucking excited for it. I, I just think that their story is great. And I, I think there's a sort of a like weird class issue with Oasis where because they're listened to by mostly working class people, they get sort of just put into this slot of a band that I, I think their perceived badness gets way overplayed by people. Like, people always say, Oasis are fucking terrible. But, like, look, they were literally the biggest band in the world at one point in time. So, like, you can say that, but there was a time when this was what everyone was into, and that includes the critics mm. and stuff like that. And I just, I, I don't know, I, I think there's a good story to be told. I think it's significant that, like, they were involved in, like, a brutal upbringing where Noel was, like, you know, beaten by his dad, like, severely to the point where he developed a stammer that he didn't lose until he was like 25 years old and stuff like that. Like, I, I think there's reports that he uh, tried to, he did like an armed robbery of a record store at some point. Jesus. Guys that just came up and walked into a record deal. Like they're, they're fucking like they've had a, a real life up to that point, but they just never took anything seriously. Mm. And there's just like, uh, definitely maybe is like an era defining album and there's a track on it called Digsy's Dinner and it's like the worst fucking song ever made it's about going to someone's house for tea and eating lasagna uh, it's like it's fucking terrible but it's on an album that's widely perceived to be an incredibly important album of its time and stuff like that and I just yeah. well I we, we said briefly said before like talking about like the Beatles and like how like they like, like you, they released some of the greatest albums of all time, like universally praised. Yeah. But some of the stuff on like the White Album. Yeah. Uh, and some of the later up, it's just garbage. But it's even just... like, right? Because we were talking, you said Rubber Soul, I said Abbey Road. Yeah. As, as the two, like, like I, I was saying, best album of all time is probably Abbey Road to me. Mm. But there's a song on Abbey Road called Maxwell's Silver Hammer. Yeah. And it's fucking garbage. Yeah. It's, it's like, garbage. It's, it's a piece of shit, like. <laughs> like we started this whole conversation today with you saying I am the Eggman, and I responded with I am not the Walrus. Yeah. Like that's a like that's a literal lyric from a Beatles. It's nonsense. Yeah, it's completely like, literal nonsense. It doesn't make it. Yeah. It's, but like they're regarded as like seminal classics of like pop music, and it's just yeah, like completely. Yeah. So why can't Oasis write a song? Dig, Digby's dinner. That that's bad though. That song. I mean, yeah. like they have lots of songs that I think are legitimately good. Like mm. I I think if like Massive Attack, you know, on their uh, latest album is called Dig Out Your Soul from 2008. There's a track on it called Falling Down, mm. and it's a Noel Gallagher song. It's just him, um, but it's uh, very psychedelic. And I just if if Massive Attack released that song, 
everyone would be fucking all over it. They'd, mm. Like they'd be saying, or, or or if it was like Chemical Brothers featuring Noel Gallagher or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's a really fucking good song, really, really good. Um, but because it's Oasis, it just it just doesn't get any appreciation. And I guess if you put out as much shit as they have, that's what happens. Yeah. But I don't know. I I just think that it's a shame that we have turned against them so aggressively when they're just I don't know. They were just the ninety, they no, the Nickelback of the nineties, weren't they're, they? They're yeah. just a great bunch of lads. <laughs> just a great. They are just a great bunch of lads. Apart from apart that's from like the most untrue thing I've ever said. By yeah. the way, they were not Liam, a great bunch of lads. Apart from Liam and Noel. Uh, no, I I think Noel's great. Uh, he's still a bit of a cunt, though, isn't he? I don't think so. Like, uh, he's still. I mean, he's more likable than a lot of people. I just loved the way he was asked about like Lady Gaga's album, and he just said something like, "Yeah, and it's great, and it's arty, and like I love that and stuff." But like, I mean, you can go into a record studio and like shit on an egg, but it's still just an egg with shit. <laughs> this is from an interview with like a what is he like forty six years old? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god, I I just I can't get enough of that though, because like I I guess I really love like spontaneous zaniness. Yeah. Like, I love that Kanye, he just starts shouting that he is the nucleus and stuff like that. Like, I yeah. I, I don't know. I, I guess, like, that could be just me being wrong. But I would say, no. I would say Noel Gallagher is great and it yeah. is the other heathens who are wrong. Yeah. But Liam can actually fuck off. Yeah. But the point is, I, I think there's a good story to be told in that documentary. And, I, I like, I... Even though they're terrible and stuff like that or whatever we're supposed to think, I just think it, I think it's a really important story about like two brothers from a council estate who were just like fuck it, we're gonna we're gonna be in a band or whatever. Like when Liam Liam Gallagher used to sign on for uh, like uh, benefits, he used to sign on for the doll every week, and he went into his uh, like guy who was supposed to tell him what career he's supposed to do or whatever and Liam said alright I'm going off the doll now I'm going to be a rock star I've just signed a five album deal with Columbia like that's fucking awesome like is yeah. that not what we want like I don't know like I what... mean uh, what is a society yeah it's what we all want right? well we want people off the doll I think that's the <laughs> yeah <laughs> and that's the point I'm trying to make <laughs> Get off benefits. Get off benefits. And join a band. <laughs> Get in a band. Yeah. Yeah. Um, an honest day's work for an honest day's pay. I would just say watch the trailer for the documentary. Watch and... watch a lot of trailers. Like, if you want to get excited, just go onto YouTube and, like, type in trailers. Yes. Um, it'll kind of, like, make you excited for everything, really. Um, even if it's just garbage. Just... Um, I don't know what the moral is here. Hype is good. I I don't think it's that hype is good or that hype is bad. I think it's just that hype is a thing. It's definitely a thing. And you can't deny that. It's no. a thing that exists in the world. It is. Um. Yeah, I don't know. There there are so many instances that I can recall of me just being super hyped about a thing and telling everyone about it and never shutting up about it, and then the thing happens and I'm just like, eh. I also, I also think that's part of the excitement, though, isn't it? Like, going and telling your friends, like, oh, have you seen that fucking new trailer for that thing? 
And he's like, yeah, it's so amazing. Did you see that part where you blah, 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 blah. And then, yeah, I think it opens up a question here about something else. And then like, you, you get into a big, long discussion, and that's part of the excitement. Like, actually going to see the movie or going listening to the thing, like, six months later, it isn't really as exciting. Yeah. It's that sort of pre... Uh, like little dance that you do around like how excited you are about yeah I love like when you find out that that thing is being released I love that blissful certainty you have that it is going to be the best thing ever yeah yeah yeah. like fucking Terminator Genesis yeah like me being like oh wow fucking can't wait for that yeah but that was one of the few things where I saw the trailer and I was like well fuck that I'm not watching that yeah, no, the trailer was legitimately bad for that. Did you watch the movie? Yeah. Oh, I watched wow. it uh, sometime last year, actually. But no, this... When are we now? We're, like, September now, aren't we? Yeah. I think it's this year that I watched it, the beginning of this year. Uh, yeah, not not good, not good at all. Yeah, I didn't watch it for that reason. Uh, mm. Because I, I anticipated it not being good. Because I consume pop culture correctly. Uh, yeah. Unlike you. No, I do consume it wrong. Yeah. Yeah. You should probably um, maybe work on that and then, mm, then yeah. continue um, living your life and, and things like that. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. So, um, <laughs> you know what's funny is that like every every single week that the Midnight Hour is coming up, I, I tweet like something, like some fucking The Midnight Hour book by some nobody or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. To let people know that the Midnight Hour is happening. And, like, I get, like, so many likes on those things. Like, sometimes it goes as high as, like, 70 likes. Mm. And I'm always, like... I always kind of think to myself, like... Jesus, those people are going to be so fucking let down when they... <laughs> but that in itself is, like, a, a meta, like, approach. We're hyping these poor people up. Yeah. <laughs> like, this is going to be so amazing. And, like, these people are looking forward to the Midnight Hour. And, like, oh, this is going to be so great. And then they listen to it and are like... These two idiots. Yeah. I'm just like talked for ages about like what they usually talk about yeah <laughs> again yep. yeah that is what happens yeah and I, I, and people still get hyped yeah because <laughs> one day they're expecting it to be really great and yeah. we've got we've gotten hooked now that that's the thing yeah exactly and yeah. ultimately who are we to tell them otherwise yeah exactly yeah we, we could make something good one day that's unlikely. I think that's why the moral the moral here is just keep keep listening. Because <laughs> we might do something good. Or not. Good night, everybody. <laughs> keep watching the skis. So overall. I think it was quite good. I think it was I feel like I should have added in the intro that this song just speaks to me because it's about being a lazy bastard and let's face it, do you see this podcast on a daily basis? 
Uh, for real though, thanks for listening. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Apologies about the quality of the audio. Unfortunately, there's nothing we can do until we get Loosemore a new Skype. So, um, in fact, get him a new microphone. Let's get him a new laptop. Let's someone open a GoFundMe page to make that happen. Um, we'll catch you guys next time. Not sure specifically when it will be. Um, I do have another one recorded, but I was kind of waiting to stockpile content. And with Jack being suspended indefinitely, um, kind of need a new host. So, uh... I don't know. Let's uh, let's see what happens in the meantime. Um, hopefully, you guys have enjoyed this episode, and it's enough to hold you until the next time. I've been El De Niro. We've been the Midnight Hour. I've been talking for way too long. See you later.